Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, I'm Chad Young. Make sure you find me on Twitter at Chad Young. Some big moves for the Yankees Thursday, one good, one bad. Always get the bad out of the way first, right? Nestor Cortez placed in the 15-day IL with a groin injury a few days after he shut down the Jays. Cortez having an absolutely stellar season. The Yankees are hopeful he'll be back without a lengthy IL stint. Not much you can do, but wait on him. If you cut him, there's nothing you'll get off the wire that will replace his production or even close to it. Unless there's news he's going to be out longer than expected, all you can really do is wait. Clark Schmidt will take his rotation spot. His start will be Sunday. As for the good news, Giancarlo Stanton returned from the IL Thursday, and the Yankees had him DH and hit third. He was one for four with a walk and three runs batted in. The Yankees, by the way, also moved Harrison Bader to the 60-day IL. That sounds scary, but he's eligible to come off the 60-day IL like today, maybe tomorrow. So no real harm there. Just a procedural move to open a roster spot. Same, same for the Phillies. The bad... Zach Wheeler hit the IL Thursday with forearm tendinitis. While forearms are scary, Dave Dombrowski said Wheeler is expected to miss just a couple starts and return to the rotation right around when he's eligible to come off the IL on September 6th. That would be against the Marlins. I'll just plan to plug him in that day and hope for the best. The good news? Long absent Bryce Harper will be back in the Phillies lineup today. He took Thursday off after completing his rehab assignment. We'll be ready to mash for the final month of the season. Get him in your lineups. The Phillies will also recall Bailey Falter to take over Wheeler's rotation spot. And while I'm not as excited about getting him back into my lineups, well, we'll talk about him a little bit later. He might be a decent streaming option. Bad news for the Reeling Angels is Jared Walsh has been diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome and will miss the rest of the season. Thoracic outlet syndrome has been really bad news for pitchers in the past, but less of a history with hitters, so hard to know what the long-term prognosis is. If this is an explanation for Walsh's poor season and he has a path to get healthy, it could be positive for his 2023 value, but unfortunately, I don't think we'll really know if that's the case until well after you have to decide about keepers or make draft picks. For now, you can safely let Walsh go. In addition, the Angels made a few other moves, including activating Mike Ford and DFAing Phil Gosselin. The Rockies activated Chad Cool off the IL Thursday. That was in preparation for his return to the rotation, which will take place today. Day. That sets him up to replace Antonio Senzatella, who left the rotation after hitting the IL a few days ago. Cool has not been good this season, and while he's more attractive away from cores, I have no interest in him against the Mets. Robert Stevenson designated for assignment to make room for Cool. Nolan Arenado away from the team as he flew home to be with his wife for the birth of their child. He'll be away for a couple days. With Arenado out Thursday, Tommy Edmond played third base and Paul DeJong was at shortstop. Chaz McCormick dislocated his pinky finger diving back into first base on Wednesday, but Dusty Baker said he'll be out in just a couple days. If I dislocated my pinky, I'd be out of podcasting for like a month, so good on him if he can get back that quickly. 
The Astros did have a more problematic move. Ryan Presley hit the 15-day IL with neck spasms. Doesn't sound great, but he is eligible to return September 6th, and as of now, sounds like he should be ready. The Astros did us a favor and won the game by three Thursday, which allowed Dusty Baker to signal that Rafael Montero is the man, at least for the day. Hector Neris took the eighth. He had two strikeouts. Montero got his eighth save, striking out one. Both were perfect in the process. The Astros also announced that Christian Javier will skip his turn through the rotation and could be used out of the pen. If you have him on your roster, you might as well keep him in your lineup for some bonus innings. Yohan Moncada pulled up with hamstring tightness Thursday and had to leave the Sox game early. He's had hammy issues this year already, so keep an eye on this, though he has just listed his day-to-day for now. James Paxton done for the year as his recent lat injury won't allow him to finish his attempt to come back. Just another lost season for him. Ty France left the Mariners-Guardians game early with a bruise on his right calf after a collision at first base. First with Jose Ramirez in the first inning and then with Will Benson in the second. TBD whether France will miss any time. He's really struggled lately, so some time off might not be the worst thing, but the Mariners really need him to be healthy and hitting, not hurt. And more positive news, Tyler Molly is throwing again and should throw a bullpen session today. That would be a nice first step for him. Josh Winder started a rehab assignment, and he should be back with the Twins even sooner than Molly. Finally, it looks like David Peterson will be recalled Saturday to start against Colorado. He'll be the fifth man in the Mets rotation along with Jacob deGrom, Taiwan Walker, Chris Bassett, and Max Scherzer. On the field, Manuel Margot, four for five with a double, a triple, two runs, two RBIs. He was also hitting second and showing that his early season success may not have been a fluke. He's a guy you want to get in your lineups, especially if he stays in that lineup spot. Paul Goldschmidt had only three hits to Margot's four, but three for four with a walk and his 32nd and 33rd home runs. He scored three and drove in five. He's really just padding his stats at this point. Danny Jansen can't stay in the lineup, but he hits when he plays. Three for five Thursday, 10th home run, two runs and an RBI. Catcher is not great and I would gladly use him when he's healthy, but you do need a plan B as he keeps missing time. Jose Altuve, three for three with a double and a run plus a walk as he continues a strong season. Alex Bregman, two for three with a walk, scoring three runs. Those two are back to being among the best infield bats in the game, at least for now. Speaking of formerly great infield bats, if you've been waiting for Josh Donaldson to do anything, he did it Thursday. Three for five of the walk, four runs, three RBIs, a couple doubles. Just don't bank on him doing it again. Other homers around the game, Taylor Ward hit his 17th. Isaac Paredes got his 16th. That was his second in three days. Mitch Hanniger got his 7th. Kyle Schwarber his 35th. Anthony Santander his 22nd. Kyle Stowers got the first of his career. Andrew Vaughn hit his 14th, and he was leading off for the first time in his career, too. It'd be an interesting development if it continues. Ryan McMahon hit his 13th, and it was off Jacob deGrom, so that's impressive. Pete Alonso hit his 31st. Trey Mancini hit his 16th. Jorge Polanco matched him with his 16th. And finally, Shea Langliers hit his second in a three-hit night. As for stolen bases, Nelson Velasquez swiped his 4th. Tommy Edmond his 25th. Bryson Stott stole his 8th. Starling Marte stole his 5th. Christian Arroyo stole his 4th and 5th. Bo Bichette got his eighth. Bobby Dahlbeck back at first base after the short-lived shortstop experience swiped his third. On the hill, Aaron Nola was masterful, throwing a complete game shutout, allowing just five hits and striking out 11 without a walk. Yeah, it was the Reds, but this was a great start no matter who the opposition. Patrick Sandoval let down by his teammates, primarily the defense, as he gave up five runs on five hits, but only one of them was earned. He struck out five and walked one over six, took the loss. His pen didn't help either as Tuki Toussaint gave up three runs and two innings of relief. Opposite him, Drew Rasmussen got the win but just missed a quality start, giving up a run over five and a third. He allowed six hits and a walk, striking out nine. 
Those quality starts, though, man, he just doesn't get them often. I thought the Cubs would get to Dakota Hudson, but he allowed just two runs and five hits over seven, striking out four and walking two. Hudson gets the Reds next, and, well, if you really need the innings, there are worse options. Turns out I had the wrong pitcher targeted in this one as Marcus Stroman gave up five runs on 11 hits over five innings pitch with just one strikeout. Card's offense is strong these days, and Stroman isn't this bad, but he gets the Jays next, and then nah. The other guy I thought would get tagged was Justin Dunn, but he also was solid. Six innings pitch, two runs on four hits, two walks, five strikeouts. With the Cardinals next, I'm not ready to buy in, but this was a legit step in the right direction. He had 11 whiffs and a 32% CSW, and that is not bad at all. I did better with my streamer pick, though. I mentioned that Marco Gonzalez had a decent shot at a solid start versus Cleveland. Sure enough, he got a quality start and a win. The first hitter of the game came around to score, but Marco didn't give up another. One run on four hits and a walk with four strikeouts. Yeah, he's never going to strike out a ton, but this was really nice. Don't read too much into it. Cleveland struggles with soft-tossing lefties, and they were coming into a day game after traveling following their win in San Diego. So not exactly a sign that Marco is back to being an ace or anything like that. Tristan McKenzie, meanwhile, at the first two reach, then gave up a home run, but then he settled in. Three runs over, six innings with just four strikeouts, two walks, and three hits. It's not exactly what you want from Tristan. He just didn't have it, but he did battle. Look for better to come next time. I was out on Lance Lynn, but he is clearly back. Against Baltimore Thursday, he gave up a run on three hits over six, striking out nine and walking one. Everything was clicking, and I think he's a reliable fantasy starter once again. Jordan Lyles, meanwhile, was great, kind of. He gave up only one run in seven innings, and that is great, but two strikeouts and nine hits is, it's not. He was in a lot of trouble, never let get out of hand. It just feels like he's playing with fire. Jacob DeGrom was more very good than great, lasting just six innings and giving up a run on three hits with nine strikeouts and a walk. And okay, so that's closer to great than very good, but it just feels disappointing because he's DeGrom and they're the Rockies and it wasn't in cores and yeah, still a good start. I know the Red Sox aren't bad, but five innings, four runs and nine hits was not what I wanted from Kevin Gaussman, even with the six strikeouts and no walks. With the zero walks and no home runs, this was obviously about the vengeful BAPIP gods coming down on him, but it still counts. Jameson Tyone went six innings of one run ball against the A's, gave up six hits, didn't walk anyone, struck out only two. Really, you're not getting a lot more from Tyone, so you take this and be very happy with it. Out of the bullpens, Paul Sewald had some heavy usage lately and a rough Wednesday night, so Thursday afternoon, it was Andres Munoz getting his third save. He struck out Jose Ramirez representing the go-ahead run in the eighth, and then went 1-2-3 in the ninth in dominating fashion. The Sox bullpen got a raw deal as an Adam Angle error in the ninth turned a Liam Hendricks save into the Stowers home run, which tied the game. The Orioles then walked it off in the 11th after Felix Bautista threw two shutout innings with a couple Ks to get the win. The Mets messed with us Thursday, giving Edwin Diaz the 8th. That was because the Rockies' two-hitter was due up. He took the heat of the lineup, and Adam Adovino took the easier ninth for his first save. Be interesting to see if that's something they do more going forward. Finally, the Sox and Jays went to 10. That let Jordan Romano get his fifth win giving up two hits and a walk, striking out two over two scoreless innings, while John Schreiber took the loss. He didn't even allow a walk or a hit in the 10th. He got a ground out, a fielder's choice that allowed the ghost runner to score, then another ground out and a line out, but his teammates could not pick him up, and they lost by one. With that, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Friday. 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Welcome back. We'll start off our look at Friday by hearing from Mark Paquette about the weather. Thank you very much. Though we certainly have some active weather across the country, Florida, uh, the deep south, uh, including some parts of Texas, and obviously the desert southwest as they're in the what's called the monsoon season with summertime thunderstorms. No baseball games will be affected tomorrow. Excuse me. Today, Friday. So... Go ahead, play everyone you want, and I'll talk to you tomorrow and keep an eye on the weather. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for a streamer, I mentioned earlier that we'd come back to Bailey Falter. He is, as I said, replacing Zach Wheeler in the rotation, and now he gets the Pirates. You could risk that. It is a risk, but it's a risk that might be worth taking if you really need it. Mitch White against the Angels, though, that's one I like better. As for offenses to look at, how about Falter's teammates? The Phils at home against Bryce Wilson. Yes, I know I said they would get to Justin Dunn yesterday. I know they didn't, but this time, this time I'll be right. As for what I'm watching, definitely interested to see what Justin Steele does, and same with Reed Detmers, two young pitchers I really like. And since I'll be at this game, I'll definitely be watching to see how the Guardians bounce back against Logan Gilbert and the M's. With that, I'll give you time to go over to Pitcher List, check out the SP Roundup, Batters Box, and Reliever Ranks. After you do that, go watch some baseball, enjoy your Friday, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.